Hi, I'm Lucy Adams from Disruptive HR. Welcome to one of our podcast series where you'll hear from HR practitioners who are genuinely doing things differently. If you're looking to change your HR practices, then why not check out the Disruptive HR Club? It's got tons of videos, webinars and downloadable guides that will give you all the ideas and practical help you'll need. Check it out at www.disruptivehr.club. So hello and welcome to another session from Disruptive HR where we talk to people who are actually doing it, you know, people in frontline HRD roles that are actually beginning to practice things in a very different way. And today I'm delighted to be sitting in Pizza Express's head office in uh, London, in a real trendy area of London. And I'm with Susie Welsh. So hi, Susie. Hi. So just to kick off, tell us, tell us first of all about Pizza Express, because when we last met, I was just really struck by how long it's actually been around. Yeah, so Pizza Express has been around for coming up for 54 years. So it started in 1965 um, by a, an entrepreneur called Peter Boizo, who actually kind of created casual dining as we know it in the UK now. Is that right? I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's the first kind of chain that came out um, and bought pizza to London, so made it accessible. Um, And this is the quote. Uh, He he talks about, I'm pleased to live in a country today where no one will ever again have to answer the question, uh, what is pizza? What is pizza? And he... um, Where where was the first one? Do you know? Wardour Street in London. Oh, right, yeah. So um, he opened that and then we've now grown to about 470 restaurants in the UK and we're across um, 13 markets across the world, um, growing in China and Hong Kong and Singapore and so on. So presumably not Italy. You don't not take... Italy. I think there's a pe- <laughs> there's a point where you're you know um, it's not the yeah, right it thing would to do. Be a little bit kind of pushing it, wouldn't it? And you described when we met that the culture here is quite entrepreneurial. It's still got that kind of owner-led type feel to it. Yeah. So I think it has. I think it strikes a balance of being professional and knowing the type of business and the, and the size of business it is, but has not forgotten its roots. And that comes across very much in the people and wanting to do the best possible role they can do and ensuring that we get the right outcomes. So there's a real kind of spark in terms of how we do things. And typically, organisations that have that very entrepreneurial culture can be a bit anti-HR. Is that something that you've ever found here? Um, so uh, initially when I started probably it was a bit HR are there to do uh, are there with the rules I think that's evolved so we've always had for many years strong training Pizza Express I think has been known for the style of management training that it's done particularly but it now is much more embedded in within the organisation which is really nice actually and it partners very very well and works very very well with the with the business. So a lot of that will must be down to you. So tell me how long have you been here uh, and what's your what's your role? What do you cover? Um, so I've been here three and a half years and I cover I suppose the whole suite from a from a people perspective, from an HR perspective, and I also have quality and safety and CSR. <laughs> so it do, it's a whole kind of mishmash of different elements, but they actually work really, really well together and enable us to kind of work 
quite consistently in terms of our approach to different things. And just to give us a feel, how big is your team? In total, just over 40, including our quality and safety team as well. Brilliant. Now, I wanted really just to talk about the things that you're most excited about, because I know you're doing some things in a, in a slightly different way, and, and I thought perhaps we'd just start with the, the work you've been doing with leaders. Can you just give us a, an outline of the work you've been doing? What prompted you to do it in a slightly different way? Yeah, so um, just under two years ago, I'd kind of got to the stage where we'd done a lot of foundational work, and we needed to kind of step step on and actually shift the business into thinking differently so it has a naturally very parental way of being and we wanted to start to kind of step change that so and is that the caring parent or the disciplinary parent or a combination um, of the two very very caring which is lovely and has mm. its advantages and you want to hold the right pieces of that because that's what makes us us but we wanted to start to kind of enable and empower people to do some of that thinking on their own as well and we knew that we needed to start with our senior leaders and then work our way down the organisation. So we spent, working with someone that I'd worked with previously, we spent six months out in the organisation, across the world as well. So we wanted something that fitted wherever you were and researched and spent time saying, what's, what's it like to work around here? What's it like to be led by people here? And what do we need to do to make a real shift in terms of the performance of the business? What's critical for us to do that? Um, and ended up with a framework that some of it is leadership as everybody would know it. And then there are some key things that I think are very special and came out for us in particular that make leaders here successful. So, so you, you did your kind of research and development by talking to people who were being led by these individuals, mm -hmm. and, and you know, which again doesn't always happen, does it? You know, we very often interview leaders, but but to be interview followers for for want of a better word. Um, so, what were the things that that were slightly different in your leadership framework? So, one of the pieces that struck through all the relationship was actually how important the person was, and how important it was to to know who you are and the value that you bring and that you're very individual to the person next to you. So I was keen that we didn't end up with a whole series of indicators that were right <laughs> and wrong and that yeah. you could put a tick and a cross and I've been in that situation yeah. where you can literally tick and cross in a, you know, when you're being in a performance review into something that you could you knew what the sentiment of the sentences were but they were different. they'd be different for me than they would be RMD or whoever it may be. And they ran all the way through the organisation. So whoever you were leading, it was the same set of principles. They were just dependent on your experiences and what and, and you as a person. So the, the most unique piece was what you bring. And that, that sense that there are different ways to achieve the same outcomes yeah. and, and allowing leaders the freedom and... I mean, I always think that those behavioural indicators, leadership competency frameworks, really play to extroverts, for example, because they tend to write in ways that extroverts can meet the, you know, the, the standards that are required of them. But some of the most motivational leaders, some of the best leaders actually have been highly introverted and yet they would not necessarily be seen as an excellent communicator or whatever. Um, so just tell us about some of the principles that were in that model. So it was, it was, there are five big statements and then five statements under each piece, each piece and they do work, so they are in an order. 
because we said we wanted to start with the individual. So we wanted to know about how people take on accountability, about believing in your own value, knowing what you bring. Um, and once you've got that, then actually how you build your team, how you look after your team, how you feed back to your team, enables you to be able to build your plans that then enable you to collaborate and bring people together. And collaborate was one of the key um, pieces that everybody identified that we needed to shift on. So actually it was the area we were probably weakest as a business. Yeah. But to do what we wanted to do, people had to work out of their functional silos and work in a very different way together. And then ultimately, how do you then build that into something that, that happens and that we provide action, but it's right and relevant for the scale of business we are. So they kind of work as a sequence, but a lot of it is about valuing, valuing contribution um, and valuing each other. And so the example of the collaboration, instead of telling them how they, they need to collaborate or what collaboration looks like, you were focusing on them finding their own way of collaborating. And, and, and how, did the, how has that gone down? So it would, it would be very easy and it took a bit of, a t- a bit of time just to step back actually because it was very easy to go, well, we haven't moved some of this forward. But it's been about watching the little things that happen as opposed to yeah. expecting suddenly everybody to say, well, let's hot desk everywhere so everyone mixes together because <laughs> that's just not, not how it happen. works. <laughs> but you watch, we mixed, we did a programme with it. We did a two-day programme and it, and it was a sheep dip style. But actually what it enabled us to do was take different people and put them and allow them to build re- different relationships with people and we tweaked the program as we went along to whatever that group of individuals needed from us at that moment and what so was a program but very adaptive absolutely so if they wanted to go room. yeah down one road we went with them and what the outcome of that has been that coming off that because they'd had these this relationship that they weren't used to having, that's then got people to talk differently in work, to pick up the phone to different people, to have moments of ideas with different people that they just never would have come across unless almost they'd been forced into a room together. They just had no need to cross over with each other. And we had our operators in with our restaurant support teams as well. And that's then kind of snowballed really into a much easier way of thinking and and people working together. So a leadership framework that starts very much with you as an individual, know yourself first, and that will enable you to be a better leader. And then focusing on sort of three or four outcome areas, but that, that enable, but they are enabled to find ways to do that with yeah. some support from the centre. Yeah. And one of the biggest pieces was, so one of the biggest pieces of feedback we got is we don't do feedback very well. Yeah. So we spent quite a lot of time just getting people comfortable with the you know ways of giving feedback, but actually everyone will appreciate it. You've just kind of got to step into that space. And we've then kind of focused on that as how we kind of operate going forward. And so that feeds us nicely into changes to your performance management. Did you have a traditional performance management? Did you have the kind of you know annual objectives, mid-year, end-year review? And, and how much have you moved away from that to do things in a different way? So we did, and we've probably tinkered around the edges with it every single year since I've joined, <laughs> as you tend to do. Yeah. Just change the form around slightly. Yeah, yeah, just keep them on their toes, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, and I will happily say I was the one that also put ratings in here as well, you know, in terms of scoring. So we split what and how and looked at that. And then 
as we were going through this program, I got to the stage of it's just hindering us from having the conversations we want to. So we are now right in the middle of shifting out of that. So we've just closed our year. So they finished their year end review and we have just are in the process of launching and saying no longer will that happen. So you will not have a formal review. There will not be a form that has to be filled in and given to the people team for them to load <laughs> onto. But all of that is gone. You are now in control of the conversations you have and we trust you to have the right conversations And did you with pilot that or did you just decide, no, we're just going to go for it? We're just going to go for it. And so you introduced the more traditional formal approach. Now you've, you've kind of moving a long way away from that. What's been the reaction from the organisation and the reaction from your own team? Do you know what? Everyone has been really supportive and really pleased. So there was a bit about, well, are you going to give us some structure? And we said, absolutely. There'll be stuff that you can use if you want to use it. But we're not going to dictate what you use. So if, if you want some kind of structure because it makes you feel better, there'll be tools that you can download and, and utilise. We had some conversations where we went, everyone went, yes, yes, yes. And then went, well, what about this? And what about yeah. this? And what about this? Yeah. And we almost talked ourselves out of it. And then we pulled back and went, no, 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 you were really excited. Let's hold on to why you were really excited and then answer how we get over the concerns. But everyone's been really, really supportive. And what were their concerns? Things like how do I handle poor performance or uh, what were the issues that, 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 that nearly took you back to the formal structures? So one of the bigger pieces was, well, how are we going to manage poor performance? Yeah. And, and we'd done a piece of work actually to say, of all the people where we may have had to have managed poor performance, how, how many of them had scored <laughs> a bad score in their performance review? And actually, none of them had. <laughs> so true. So, so we kind of said, we're not, that's not what we're using the performance review for. That's not yeah. how it's being used. So therefore, let's not let's disconnect those two pieces. If we've got a performance issue, we'll manage that. Exactly. And yeah. we can do that, and we will help you. But let's have a better conversation. And rather than going to lowest common denominator, let's pull everyone up to the high performance that we want out of the business. So mm. we've very much kind of shifted to rather than loading all the tools in for the baseline, how do we really ensure that we and, I know, and allow it's, it's and always people. struck me as a sort of um, definition of insanity really, is it is a, is applying something that you know doesn't really work to the vast majority of people who are frustrated by it to get to the one or two percent of people that you might have to performance manage yeah. when it's not happening anyway. It just seems a completely bizarre way of, of, of managing a process in an organisation. And, and the positive reaction was from your team as well? Yeah, so probably more from them, because they don't enjoy kind of chasing people no. and kind of taking people through the process. They want to be out there leading the conversation we have around what does uh, what do we want from a people strategy. So it's been, for them, it's like, well, you've released the shackles now, because I don't yeah. have to worry about that. Yeah. And actually, I can get into some coaching space, and yeah. we can coach the best conversations and help people kind of move forward and get into development so um, no issues so even from kind of the reward team no issues at all so that's always I mean glad you mentioned that because that that's often uh, a perceived barrier is yeah but we've still got to pay bonuses so how are we going to do that in an objective way I know how I answer that but how do you how did you respond to that so so we'd 
as part of our leadership framework, we'd also introduced a balanced scorecard at the same time. So we had a di- we'd introduced a different way of measuring, which also then had a different bonus scheme around it. So we'd almost tackled the bonus scheme piece, which doesn't have a personal element to it. It's, a, it's all business. So therefore, it became quite an easy conversation because we'd started to separate yeah. all of those elements. Yeah. But also built a piece where, as a business now, right, we're all working towards the same goals. Um, that covers everything from our people measures to our customer measures. So it has enabled us to kind of release some of the anxiety, I suppose, that goes with well, how we And just back to the, the measuring side and just the scorecard, do you now measure the some of the things you're looking for in your leadership framework? Not yet. So... I think we'll, at the moment, so for example, so people is actually still a team turnover measure because it's a big part of this industry specifically. Actually, I think we will evolve that, which will then say, here are the things that you need to do behind it, which will get into the leadership framework as well. So um, we're not quite there yet. We're only year two, but you can see where we can start to move it to. And... We were talking earlier about how this leadership framework really provides the umbrella for all sorts of other things that are coming together. And and we were talking about flexibility, flexible working. Just tell me your thinking around that, because I can see uh, flexibility inherent in your business model because, you know, you have long hours, so the ability to work shifts and so on. And how narrow or broad is your definition of, of flexible working? So we, we have two distinct populations. So if you're in a restaurant, it is a very flex, you know, epitomises flexibility yeah. ultimately because you can work any hours, any shift ultimately. In a restaurant, te- a restaurant support team, so our head office, it, is, it can be quite traditional. So at, it, at its best or worst, depending on how you see it, it's very nine to five, Monday to Friday. And our multi-site managers then kind of flip between the two. And again, we went out and did quite a big piece of research. So we did a survey and then we went and sat and did some roundtables and and asked the teams to help us scope what that looked like. For team members, it's not an issue. So they've come back and said, no, you give us everything we want from that, from a restaurant perspective. But in our head office, we've gone from almost one extreme to another uh, again, where we had a level of formality. So there was always flexibility. What we found though was people, if you didn't know, you didn't know. And if you weren't confident enough to ask, you just worked what you thought you were meant to be working. And everyone's very open-minded, but we've we've worked through that we needed to actually give them something to work with. So we've now said, well, we're now in the process of kind of going to say, actually, we trust you to work what you need to work in the way you need to do it. And for me, that is about being a great employer, but actually it links to our leadership framework, it links to the performance that we want out of our our teams um, and enables them to do their best work. And all I'm worried about is somebody coming to work, enjoying their work and being able to do the best that they can. And therefore, if we can do that through flexibility, then we absolutely But an underpinning message just as with the leaders which is you know how you work best you know what's right for you clearly there are things you have to deliver but you manage that and you own it have you seen a shift of people starting to work in different ways not just necessarily working from home or different hours but but just working in a in a a more 
um, flexible, agile way. So we're again very early in that conversation, so it's not completely through the organisation. Having said that, have I seen a difference in the time that I've been here from what was a nine to five? You walked in at nine o'clock and you finished actually at six, so it was very structured. That has started to move. We're starting to see people actively have more conversations, actively say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And that's not just the mums or dads in the room, which is where it tends to start and stop. So we've started to open up the conversation far beyond that, which was really important to us because we didn't want it to be just parents. We wanted people to feel like they could do what they needed to do. And I think there's so many dimensions to it, which is, you know, is it about the time that you work or is it about having your career here and potentially having something that you're doing outside? So that kind of, you know, multiple roles. We see, you know, flexibility, obviously, in terms of location um, and just the way that they're... So there's so many different dimensions to it. And as you say, not all of this is about having caring responsibilities that you've got to meet. So it's great that you're focusing it not on uh, flexibility to uh, pick up kids or um, work term time or whatever, but, but more around you find a way that works for you. And, uh, and work to that and have conversations. Have you have found any resistance from leaders at all? Um, we've had some tougher conversations. Absolutely. Uh, why do we need to do this? We're already good at this. Here are some examples. And, and it is about the piece of, we're all really comfortable with it, but we're senior within the organisation. We operate and run our own lives and worlds. Actually, when you start to work your way through people just aren't confident so it it was more about how do we how do we kind of shine a light on where we need to go in the organization and and then going back in having done the round tables with the feedback was really helpful because that was like this isn't us as a as a people team coming to you saying this is the right thing to do we will absolutely say that and we truly believe it however here's the team saying that this would be really helpful and we don't want this but we'd really appreciate that and we had loads of different options so we talked to them about do you want formal core set hours that means you can yeah. flex around it is this about finishing early on a friday you know there were a whole host of different things what does fridays look like and it was no, no what we'd really like is to work when when we want to work yeah. so we haven't stepped properly through that process yet that's our kind of next stage but we've got our leaders into a place of okay we're now comfortable that we can do it but it's going to take time I don't don't expect it no and and these 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 things do take time don't they and 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 as with the performance management something might go awry and then you have to kind of keep holding holding your nerve and reminding of yourself why why this was important in the first place and where the where the energy was around this because that's all still valid. So what's next? What's what's next on the agenda for you? So we're doing a bit more then. We're probably going to take another piece into our leadership bit. So we've just, having done all of our senior leaders um, through last year, we've just taken 470 restaurant managers through that programme in eight weeks. So we've just wow. finished that. <laughs> and we're now starting to look at where potentially leaders get stuck. So what are the areas that are now starting to come out that if we could unlock and support people with it, they could go on to do bigger and better things. So we're looking at um, what what impact does confidence have on people and um, where do we go from there? Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today. It's really great to see you again and hear what you're up to. Thank you very much.
Thanks for listening to this podcast. For more resources to help you change HR, check out the Disruptive HR Club at www.disruptivehr.club.